servant, do what you must do to make me a servant, make me like you. Hello and welcome to Counsel from Above. I am your host, Nathan Honeycutt, licensed professional counselor, minister of the Churches of Christ, sitting together today and talking about probably one of the more challenging topics uh, that we have and that we face uh, when it comes to our world and our own morals and our own system. So let me give you a disclaimer. I know that some of you are letting your kids listen to the podcast. Uh, I encourage you to listen to it first, uh, just to make sure that anything said is going to be acceptable uh, long before uh, they hear it. I, I will do everything in my power to make this uh, PG rated and keep it very clean, but I also know that this topic is a topic that uh, may not be suitable for some, so please uh, keep that in mind. Uh, make sure that you listen to this fully uh, before then. Um, this is a podcast my sons listen to, and so uh, everything I'm going to present, uh, I have no issue with them listening to. Uh, one of them's 18, the other one's 15, so uh, they're a little older teenagers, but um, I encourage you to listen to what's said, make sure you're okay with it, and before you let them uh, sit down and listen to it. Uh, questions today specifically regarding human sexuality and some questions that are very, very good for uh, us to consider as parents, um, but then also to consider uh, in our own worlds and in the, our own way of living. Uh, so the first question is a question that's uh, very new to our world. So it's kind of new uh, to the things that are going on right now. The question is this, it says, how do you handle sextortion? How do kids and families handle the aftermath? How do we help our kids see the dangers before they act in such a way? So let me give you a little background just in case uh, this is a new topic for you. So um, as you know and are aware, uh, technology is becoming a greater part of our world and is becoming a greater part of uh, the lives of our children. And because it is uh, such a big part and because it has such a big aspect to it, uh, it's bringing along a lot of dangers. And so one of the dangers uh, is when, our, uh, the, when young people choose to take pictures of themselves uh, and then ship them or send them to somebody else. And now uh, they're being held accountable. They're being held uh, uh, blackmailed, if you will, uh, because of those pictures being out. And so how do you handle um, these things is the question, but then also the aftermath, and then how do we help our children uh, recognize those dangers? So uh, the first thing we want to do is we want to continue to make sure uh, that we're presenting a godly morality uh, in instilling that into our children. We, we want them to know God's message and God's words and God's understanding of where human sexuality should fit. And so when it comes to addressing things like this, the, the, the addressing is, is, is in the forefront. It's in the beginning of it, in, in which you're teaching them, you're educating them, you're presenting them with information uh, to help them understand uh, this is where God wants our relationship. This is where God wants uh, human sexuality to find its place. 
Uh, I think about James chapter 1 and verse 24, uh, pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in the trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. That is a cleanliness, a, a willingness to be what God wants versus what everyone else got, uh, wants us to be. You know, God God has provided a very clear path for our sexuality, and it is that very clear path that he gives very uh, stern warnings to our world. And Satan has done an amazing job in presenting to our world, to present to people that it's not that big a deal, um, no no real is- issues, uh, having sex with people, having sex with multiple people, uh, sending the pictures and all of those things really, you know, doesn't really mean much. And because it really doesn't mean much, then, then you just can ha- continue to have that part of your life. You can have that enjoyment, as they say, and, and, and be able to have that uh, but the reality is, is that God's completely opposite. Uh, God's very clear. Uh, Hebrews 13, verse 4, Let marriage be held in honor among all. Let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. You know, God's very clear. I, I, I'm not okay with this. This is not acceptable. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, Do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Uh, do not be deceived, nor the sexually immoral and idolaters and adulterers, you know, uh, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindles, will inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, Ephesians 5.5, 5, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral and impure, or who is uh, covetous, that is an idolater, um, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Uh, Colossians 3, 5 through 8, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Uh, account of these, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. God has never been shy about talking about human sexuality in the place that it is to be found. Uh, he has been just plain and that's God's position and that's God's uh, place upon it. The problem is is that it's not necessarily the morals, uh, the standard that is being seen or followed. It is not the standard that Satan is presenting and Satan is putting uh, in the major part of our world, our society and and oftentimes if we are not presenting to our children God's place, God's plan, and they're not buying into God's plan, it opens the door to things like this. It opens the door um, to so many different things. So to come into the question, and that is number one, how do we how do we stop this? How do we uh, keep this from happening? And that is we, we are very clear to our children what God wants from us, what God expects from us, where God wants us to keep um, sexual sexuality and where that ought to be. Uh, dealing with the aftermath, uh, owning it is is one of those things where we have to say, yes, this is where I was, this is what's happened, and we're able to move forward. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to get the police involved, sometimes you have to get lawyers involved, sometimes you have to get people involved uh, in order to be able to address the aftermath, uh, you know, depending again on, uh, you know, if you've got people that are overage that are exploiting uh, children, then that's another place where the police and law enforcement get involved. 
uh, and they began to get uh, involved in those things. Uh, the biggest thing is to make sure that our kids and our people are safe. Make sure that whatever happens moving forward, that we make the next right decision, that whatever we need to do to take care of ourselves uh, is what we need to do right now. And that's where um, the important part comes. That's where uh, we begin to uh, to manage what happens moving forward. And that may mean changing some belief system, revisiting our morals, revisiting our ethics, revisiting what is important to us. Because to God, um, our sexuality is, is extremely important to God. And God says, this is where I want it to be. And this is the only place I want it to be. Uh, the next question comes uh, comes from Glenn from Missouri. And the question is this. He says, with the easy access to pornography in our time, how do we protect our kids from the influence of it? What is the effect of pornography on the minds of those involved? Well, pornography has been an age-old uh, problem, um, as was mentioned in the question, um, because access has become so easy, because it is very, very simple to access pornography and a, a whole heap of pornography. Uh, it has become a, a much bigger problem in our world. It, pornography has always been, you know, especially over the last, you know, you know, 40, 50, 60 years, uh, you've had the printed material, so the magazines. But you, but in that time, you know, 60, 60 years ago, you, know, you had to go like to a store. You had to, you know, and there was this uh, stigma that was to it. There was this, this, this feeling that was kind of connected to that. Um, but now that we have internet access on our phones and watches and everything else, um, that stigma's gone. And it's a multi-billion dollar industry that continues to grow. And with the easy access, the question is, how do we protect our children? And, and I think you protect the children in, in multiple different ways. As was mentioned in the first question, uh, you protect them by helping them create a value system that shows where does God's where where does God want our sexuality to be found now where does he want us to be focused as far as uh, fulfilling our sexual desires uh, so so one of the biggest things in managing pornography is is in the beginning don't don't open that door um, and you don't open that door by saying, here's, some, here's a line I'm not going to cross. Here's my beliefs. Here's my ethics. Here's my morals. Here's, here's what I am not going to do. Uh, the second thing comes that uh, being able to, to help put on their phones, devices, uh, ways to keep from having that. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different uh, software and a lot of different things that helps to minimize uh, the opportunities they may have to utilize their device to get to those things. Now, uh, you know, because of the industry being what it is, they also have people that are trying to find ways around those safeguards. So it continues to be about, and the third thing is the monitoring. Uh, not only having the safeguards, but then also limiting this is where this access can be found. This is where you have to be. This is what has to happen. You know, whether that be password protecting certain things or only allowing computers in certain places or only allowing certain things to be uh, apps to be on and, and on and on the list goes. So all of those things are those safeguards that you can put in place. Uh, but ultimately, it really comes down to that moral code. Um, 
if even if that access is not necessarily neat there if if there's a moral code that in place that says this is just absolutely wrong i won't cross this line then the safeguards um, are are fine they they don't they won't be uh, pushed around or moved around because what happens is is that there there it's a violation of their uh, moral law anyhow and so to me that's where your greatest amount of benefit to our children is building inside of them a moral law, a moral code that God is approving, that God is okay with. And by doing that, uh, it then helps to eliminate the opportunities that Satan has to encourage this type of behavior. The question is also, what's the effect of pornography? Whenever I was uh, working in residential program, uh, one of the research projects I did was on pornography. And so I interviewed um, some of the boys that I was working with, I was working in a cottage with boys that had sexually acted out. So with problem sexual behavior, uh, many of them had acted out with people um, in their families and things of that nature. And so one of the things that I did is I did a research study and I asked them, I said, how old were you when you first started looked at, looking at pornography? And the average right now, so if you kind of poll the average public, the age in which pornography usually gets introduced is around the age of uh, 13, uh, depending on what research study you look at, um, anywhere from 11 to 11 to 14, something of that nature. And that's the average age in which someone first looks at pornography across the, across the board. But with people who've sexually acted out or with problem sexual behavior, um, their first introduction in, on average is about the age of nine. Uh, so at nine, they're being introduced to this is what sexuality is. So they're like, hey, that looks cool. Uh, who do I find around here that I could do that with? And then this this problem uh, instills. So uh, the effect that pornography has at a young age, it gives the wrong impression. Uh, pornography, for the most part, um, they did a research study on it. It's about 90-some percent of pornography has some sort of uh, abuse in it. So it's it's male fantasies driven. It is abusive um, most of the time, and it is getting more and more abusive uh, as the depravity of man continues to uh, write the script. And so you have this impacting their view um, as to whether or not this is acceptable. Uh, I'm getting ready to do what's called a campfire chat, and it's where I sit down and have conversations and answer questions about human sexuality. And one of the questions I was asked was, why does pornography make it look so sexy? Uh, but in reality, I feel so guilty. And so you have this unrealistic view. You also, in pornography, um, it begins to change the way that men and women think you're supposed to act. And so because it's altering what's supposed to happen, it then puts pressure upon uh, physical relationships to have to meet up to that standard or they have to follow that or have to act that way. And so it has a huge impact on that. And then uh, a number of years ago, there was a Times article, and you can certainly find that in Time Magazine, that the article started finding out and the research is showing um, that erectile dysfunction for men is coming because of the use of pornography, um, that men are unable um, to be aroused uh, physically in their relationships because um, their brain is wired uh, where it is a vis visual uh, connection, not a physical connection. And so in their uh, world, in order for their body to function correctly, uh, their mind is not 
being uh, pushed or motivated through physical touch, but instead it's through uh, the, the pornography. And you also have it uh, causing issues and difficulties in relationship to, you know, most of the time pornography is also connected to um, self-satisfaction. Um, and so you have that in your brain now linking these together, uh, which then eliminates and starts to um, uh, make the physical relationship in a lot less important. And when that happens and it's not as important, it's not as valuable, uh, the body then doesn't respond and react the same way. So pornography is, is truly a, uh, a way in which our mind uh, goes into a relationship with someone that's not our uh, spouse. I think about Matthew chapter 5 and verse 28. Uh, whenever Jesus clearly says, but I say unto you that everyone who looks on a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. This is where pornography is a violation of God's law, is that it is a lustful intent. It is a lustful drive towards uh, this particular person that we aren't married to. And this violates God's law, violates our promise and our uh, connection uh, unto our spouse uh, or violates where sexuality is supposed to be held. And so this is a huge issue and continues to be a, a physical problem. It's a um, mental problem. It is an emotional problem. Um, and then it's also a relationship problem. It doesn't improve the relationship as much as it damages and destroys it. So the third and the final question is a personal question that was asked of me um, not long ago, and, and I thought it was a really good question. And the question is, is how or when do you have, quote unquote, the talk? When, when do you sit down with your kids or when do you sit down with people and have a conversation about human sexuality? And uh, the answer is um, early and often. Um, having this conversation is 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 important because it's going to be had so this conversation is going to take place you have as parents you have two choices either you have it or satan does either you talk to them and you have this conversation and you decide that you're going to provide these answers or satan's going to do it there there isn't a non they're going to get answers they're going to get the information it's coming so you as a parent have to decide, okay, who's going to get this information? Uh, who's going to give this to my child? Am I going to give this to my child or is Satan going to give this to my child? And we all know very clearly that if we go ahead and let Satan have this and Satan does this, um, he's going to continue to drag our children into the mire and the muck and is going to dig them as deep as he can possibly get them. And so as comfortable as we might feel to, I don't want to answer some of these questions, Here's the reality. Which would you rather go through? An uncomfortability on answering some questions about human sexuality or two, having that day in which your child is violating God's law and going down a road that they can't come back from because they don't want to. Which one you want? I mean, which, which is worse here? And, and instead of having this, this, you know, I can't talk about this, I won't talk about this feeling, we have to. I mean, shoot, God does. I mean, we have an entire book called Songs of Solomon. That's exactly what this is. This is the relationship and sexuality inside of a husband and wife relationship. God wrote it for us to be able to look at, to be able to know this is what human sexuality is about. 
And so if God's got a book on it, why don't we pull it out and study it? Why don't we pull it out and read it with our kids? I mean, Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. It's the talk. That, that's the book. I mean, God already wrote the material. All you have to do is read it because that's what the book of Proverbs is. If you look at the very beginning of the book of Proverbs, it is clearly a father talking to his son about the advice about life. And as you and I read this book, we find things about human sexuality. We find things about relationships. We find things about leadership and on and on and on and on the list goes. We don't have to write the material. God already did. God's provided us all the material we need in order to be able to have this conversation. And so it's time for us to accept this and swallow this uncomfortableness and go answer some questions. Now, here's the thing that everybody always worries about. Well, what if I don't know the answers? Well, go look it up. Let's, let's go find it. Go, go seek it out. There are quality information. There are quality books that give information about human sexuality that can be trusted, that can be accepted, that can be uh, used to be able to answer the questions. Because here's the facts, and the facts are is our kids have questions that they want answers to. And, and where are you going to, where are they going to go to get that answer? The other day, my son and I, my youngest and I, were, were coming back from a fishing trip. So every now and then, there'll be times, and I'll ask both of my sons, we'll be traveling or something, and I'll say, okay, what's a question you wish I would answer? What, what's a question you wish I would answer and, 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 and just let me have it? And it was funny because I had this conversation with my youngest the other day. And I asked him this question, and I, I it was weird because I no more got, you know, the question out, you know, what's a question you wish, you know, that you, that you wish I would answer? And I, I no more said that, and he popped off with a question, yeah, here, Dad. And I'm like, wow, you were like ready for that, weren't you? And, and he started asking these questions, well, what, what does this mean, Dad? What what does this word mean? Well, what, what about this word? Well, how, how does this fit? And what about this and this? And so all of a sudden, he's, he's asking these questions, and I'm like, okay. Well, that's what this means, and that's how this works. And I'm answering these questions to which he, God, God's given us the answers and provided it. And he given, he's given me, he gave me the chance to be able to sit down with my son and say, son, here's the message you need to have. Here's the information you need to know. And it's when you and I give him that option and give our children that choice, God's going to give us the chance to give his message and his word and his way and his thoughts to our child to guide them and direct them and to lead them. Ask your child, what do you wish I would answer? What question do you wish I would answer for you? And when they ask them, take it seriously. Treat it with honor and respect. Treat it with the option to be a, the opportunity to be able to say, here's what God wants you to hear in this regard. Now, the reality is, is that, you know, Satan has done extremely good at making us feel uncomfortable about this, but God is not. God is giving us boldness. He's giving us direction. He's giving us encouragement. Ask these questions. Answer these questions. Give them what they need so that they can be his people and do what he wants them to do. Because that's ultimately our job as parents is to provide them the best information we possibly can. Have that chat. Have that conversation. Do it with God's boldness. Do it with God's message. Because we have a responsibility 
And it is this responsibility that we are to take on, that we are to embrace, that we are to say, here am I, send me, God. Let me say your message. Let me present your word because they need to hear it. They need to know what is being said. And as you and I think about this topic, we think about so many other things and scenarios and situations. And is this right? And is that right? And and I encourage you that if you have questions uh, on this topic, uh, such as human sexuality or others, I send it to me. Let me let me get some of those questions. If you have your kids and they, they ask you a question, they're like, well, what about this? And you're like, man, I have no idea what the answer is. Send it to me. Let's take a look at it. Uh, let's sit down and have some uh, conversations uh, to be able to help with that. And I, I pray that that the things that I've said in this particular podcast are helpful to you. Uh, I, I pray that I haven't said anything that's offended anyone or made it to where your kids can't listen. Uh, I've tried my best not to do that, but I, I want you to feel like like God is there saying, look, this is part of what I've given you in your world. So here, please take advantage of it. Give those kids the information that they need so that they can be his people and follow what he wants them to be. Because ultimately that's our desire, to listen to God's message, to be what he wants us to be, and to serve him to the best of our ability. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your consideration. If you have questions, please send them to me. Send them to counselfromabove at gmail.com. Jump on Facebook. Be a part of the group. Council from Above podcast. I put on the post. I put different things on it. Be a part of the group. Ask questions. Let us work together as we continue to consider how do we be better people as we all stop and listen to the Council from Above.